You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning. I'm Christy Landwehr. And I'm Glenn the Geek, and you're listening to the special monthly NRHA episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Thursday, May 11th. Good morning, horse world. It's the second Thursday of the month. That means it's time to slide in to the National Reigning Horse Association episode of Horses in the Morning. So today, our normal co-host for the show, Sarah Honiger, is out and about. So, Glenn, it's you and I again. Do you, you mean she did one episode, didn't like me, and left? Is that... No, no, no. no. She'll be back. <laughs> just not today. Okay. So, I'm so glad to be here with you again. It's always fun doing shows with you, no matter it what is. we're talking about. I agree. It doesn't make any difference. As long as it's horse-related, here we are. Well, what are we doing on today's reigning episode? So today, we're going to talk about how does the judging work in reining, and we're going to start, first of all, by meeting Commissioner Gary Carpenter, and for those that might not know, Commissioner is like what you have in a sport of any kind, so you have the Commissioner of Baseball, Commissioner of Football. I want to so be a commissioner. commissioner of reining. I've been a president, I've been a vice president, I've been all that. I want to be a commissioner. I know, me too. I'm like, wait, CEO, executive director, yeah. commissioner. Commissioner, I think, sounds better. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Well, and then we're going to go even deeper dive into the equine Western sport of reining, and we're going to go ahead and chat a little bit with Patty Carter. She's staff for us. She's senior director of educations and officials for NRHA. And then Eugenio Latore, is, he's the chairman of our judges committee, and he's going to come on and chat more with us. And he just happens to live in Spain. So we're going to have an international flair to today's show. I love it. And of course, if you're brand new to the reigning episode, we've done one other. We are always going to have the reigning episode on the second Thursday of every month. You can find all the past episodes, in this case one, by going to Horses in the Morning, scrolling down to the middle of the page, click on the reigning banner, and that'll bring you to all the past episodes. That's how you can catch those. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because I understand rain. I mean, I've watched reigning at the World Equestrian Games. I watch it sometimes, and I, you know, I know dressage better because I'm from the English side, and I'm forced to watch it. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, everybody knows, it's not my <laughs> but, but I'm excited to learn how the scoring works and how the judging works because it is different in every sport. It is. Everyone has a nuance, right? Of how it's judged in our horse world. So it'll be fun to get the details. Speaking of judging, let's find out how all that works and let's speak to our first guest. Very excited to have Patty Carter on today. She is from St. George, Ontario, Canada. She has held judging credentials with many equine associations, including the Quarter Horse, in Raining, in Paints, Appaloosas, Rain Cows, and even the FEI. Patty has also coached riders and shown horses all over the world. She worked for American Quarter Horse Association as their executive director of shows and then as their senior director of judges and stewards. She now serves as our senior director of education and officials. She oversees all of our judges, stewards, and professionals. Patty, it's so good to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be on Horses in the Morning podcast. It's my my new favorite podcast. 
Yay, she can stay. You don't have to get yes. her. Yes. Yeah. She, she can hang around it's, for a little while. Absolutely. It's awesome. So, Patty, tell us a little bit about your journey that got you now as our staff person. Um, Patty's our Senior Director of Education and, and Officials for the National Reining Horse Association. But she has some kind of fun past that she would love to share. So dive right in, Patty. Okay. So uh, I grew up in a very horsey family. My mom and dad uh, carved a living out of the horse business. And my mom is no longer um, alive, but my dad still at 80 years old, shoes and judges. So I grew up in a, uh, you know, I was immersed in the horse industry my entire life. Some people came to our door from Italy to purchase horses. They were just brand new in the industry. And it ended up being um, a family by the last name of Archezzi, who is now the all-time leading owner of NRHA Horses. And they purchased their, so my family was responsible for getting them involved in the, the horse industry to, be, to begin with. So it's all because of you guys that they're there. Exactly. And, and they you still know, give you a residual for every horse they sell? No, <laughs> no, no, they, no, you know, they don't, but they were so good, <laughs> so kind to me. And, you know, so I flew back and forth to Italy to help them with their horses and get kind of get them started. And in that sense, in, in that time, I met La, the Latore family and Eugenio um, was, is the son of Mr. Latore. And he is now our chair of the judges committee, our very first international chair, who I know you're going to have on uh, later. So it's uh, very interesting when I was thinking through that thought process and, and how things happen in your life that good and bad experiences that you have in your life that that uh, develop a, a foundation for what you do in your future. It's pretty, pretty interesting. And uh, that was, I was going to, uh, you know, from that experience, I ended up continuing on the family business and having my own training uh, operation. So it's been so interesting how it's, it's all, you know, pointed to, to coming to NRHA. It all ties together. And Glenn, I have to tell you, Patty and I laugh all the time because she just hit her year anniversary mark. And I'm not kidding my year anniversary mark, of course, until July. And we're still like, oh, my gosh, what do we have to do? We open up our email every day and said, oh, I didn't know that was part of my job description. OK, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm just like, so, you know, Christy, you'll be so glad when you have a year under your belt. <laughs> Yes, I've done everything oh at least gosh. once that way, right? I can feel for you guys because, you know, exactly. it was October when we got bought out by Equine Network, and I'm still figuring out the corporate side of that. So, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, yes. give it a year. That first year is always brutal. I think my first year at AQHA, I vaguely remember it was a blur. Well, um, I was there for 11 years. And I and went from uh, 14 years of running my own company to working for somebody again. That's always fun, too. That's always an well, experience. <laughs> and that's what happened with me when I went to AQHA. I'd had my own business. I'd worked for myself my entire life up to that point. And, uh, you know, went in and something needed to be done. By golly, I just went ahead and did it. And 
was like, I quickly got my hand slapped. No, you've got to go through this person and yes. this person and this person. I was <laughs> me like, too. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah, me <laughs> yeah. too. I'm we with got you. Channels now. <laughs> channels. Those dang channels. Stay in our lane, Patty. Stay in our lane. You know what I forgot is how many meetings companies have. That I forgot. Oh, yes. There are a lot of meetings. Yeah. Death, death by meeting. Yep. <laughs> Yes, that is true. All right. Well, if any of us have jobs after this interview, we should be good to go. <laughs> I, I will say I think probably we're gonna be okay. I've had the fewest meetings at NRHA than I that way fewer meetings at NRHA than I did at AQHA. It's wonderful. Well, there you go. All yeah. right. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the judging. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah, as your role um, as Senior Director of the Education Officials, Patty, and a little bit about how it changed from being judged as an entire run to being judged as individual maneuvers. So let's dive right in and talk more about that. Yeah, and, and it's pretty interesting. In the, the 60s till the, the 80s, it was like a was a 60 to 80 scale, and you'd watch the whole run. And, and um, you know, when the horsemen banded together, to create the NRHA, one of their main goals was to create a consistent and fair judging system. So, um, you know, Gary talked about the original NRHA handbook. The very first one contained, it's, you know, it's like a golden rule. It's the, the reigning pledge of allegiance, you know, a general. And a general remains unchanged to this day. So in the 80s, Mid-85, the most substantial advance in the NRHA judging system came um, when they put a new uh, system in place to score each individual maneuver rather than run the, rather than mark the run as a whole. And it was very uh, revolutionary. Um, and, and the reason that they, so they went from, you're throwing a number out there for the whole run. They had to uh, show how they arrived at that score. So, so it became more like they, more like a dressage, how they uh, test or how they judge dressage. Then exactly. Okay. So in 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 addition to making judges more accountable to the contestants, the new system added um, a higher degree of ob- objectivity to the scoring system. And that scoring system influenced Western riding and horsemanship beyond the reigning arena. So it was um, in the, I got my AQHA card in 89 and we had already adopted that scale of judging that we judged the reigners on in the uh, trail and Western riding. And they use it for the ranch riding um, and it's a, in, in parts of the cow horse, they use it. So that was very revolutionary, the NRHA judging system. Tell us a little bit, Patty, about the pluses and the minuses and how what a good score is in reigning, what a phenomenal score is. Give us a little bit of insight on that, if you would. Absolutely. So the, there's um, 16 set patterns that are either seven or eight maneuvers. And each maneuver is scored on a scale of minus one and a half to plus one and a half. And so zero is your correct maneuver. And then if you're watching a maneuver and it's good, it would be a plus half. Very good is plus one. Excellent is plus one and a half. 
and then a poor maneuver is minus half, very poor is minus one, and extremely poor is minus one and one half. So the base score starts at 70, and each maneuver has a score from that range. Now, if there's deviations of the pattern, um, there's set penalties that are also then deducted from that uh, final score. So if they if they miss a movement or whatever, uh, yeah. So yeah. a perfect score in a in a seven maneuver pattern would be an eighty and a half, and a perfect score in an eight maneuver pattern would be an eighty two. Um, that is never has not yet been achieved, but close. We've had some. 78 scores, some 79, uh, 79 and a half scores. So the, you know, the horses are just so phenomenal. Uh, the breeding is, is unbelievable. The, the horsemen are just so, um, just amazing how they can communicate with these animals and make them do what they do. And the, the horses are athletic and such athletes. So oh, I it, love that. Can okay. I ask a question? Oh, here? Of course. Is it like dressage in that your judges in dressage, your judges are rated for what levels they can do? Is it the same in? Yes. Okay. Yes, we've got a, a judging um, criteria or a judging uh, rate judges rating system that we use from A to AAA in our judges. And so, as a new NRHA judge, you would be automatically a single A judge. And as you get more experience and work your way through the ranks, you become a triple-A judge. And does it pay as well as dressage? I think a, it that pays. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we pay a little bit better. We probably yeah. pay at the top I hope end so. of, of all the judging, <laughs> of all the ranges, yes. Yes. <laughs> because they're not known for getting paid really well. For <laughs> no, no. We, we take really, we try to take really, you know, great care of our judges. They, there's so much focus that that is is put into judging especially at a high level and you know at any level the judges go out there and we require our judges to recertify every two years so they um you know recertify and we've got judges from um our judges are from 15 countries and they recertify every two years out of their own pocket so they they travel to a judge school that that is hosted by NRHA and and re up their certification and judges take great pride in in you know being at the top of their game and they know that every decision they make drives the industry drives the breeding drives the drives the showing and how the the industry goes and Patty, can you talk a little bit about those listeners that might be interested in, let's say, not just being a judge, but there's other things too, like a scribe. Um, can you talk yeah. a little bit about how those work and how people listening might get involved? Absolutely. So there's, there is, um, you know, the NRHA judges program offers, it's called behind or from the judges chair to you. And it's a one day workshop that anybody can put on. Um, and we have one of our judge committee members come in and, and it's kind of like a school, but from the perspective of an exhibitor, um, they can do that. Um, our maneuvers standard tape is available at NRHA.com in the shopping um, area. Um, there's scribing. And so as a scribe, you're 
and it's different from dressage where they have comments. They don't offer comments in the in the reigning. So um, a scribe records what the judge is seeing and makes sure the addition is correctly, you know, added the addition is correct and it's entered in the tablet properly. Do you guys do a total, do you do a, I know you don't comment the individual movements like in dressage. By the way, I could never scribe because I can't even read my writing and nobody would be reading it. But, <laughs> but I think that's a requirement. But at the end, do they have comments? They do not. Okay. They they do not. They they push them in the arena pretty pretty quick. Okay. And gotcha. um, yeah, it happens pretty fast. All as right, soon I, as one's done, the next one horse is coming How in. do you do what, 30, 40 of these a day, right, as a judge, What, especially in the smaller shows where you're just pumping them through all day long. Yeah. How do they not mm-hmm. all look alike after a while? It takes a lot of focus. Uh, it takes a lot of focus to be a, a judge and, and to stay focused from start to finish. We have a rule in our handbook that says shows can't go over 12 hours, and, and part That's of that a long is— time. <laughs> It's a, it's a long day. If you think of just sitting in a chair for 12 hours and getting up maybe once an hour to go to the bathroom and have people bring you horse show food, it's, uh, it, it, it makes for a long day. That's 10 cups of coffee at least. Uh, at least, <laughs> at least. No, I at think about it, that with those judges sitting there for any kind of show, yes, right? Yes. Well, you know, you have a, you have a system that you stay focused on as you're going through and you know, it's the the departure of the maneuver and what's happening in the middle. And you, you talk yourself through the each run until you come to a score. You know, it's a, the, the circles, they've got good pattern placement, their speed, they're challenging the horse's body is straight. They come down, you know, so I'm on a very good, they come down right in the center to their small, slow, they're good movers. They have rhythm and cadence. I'm still at a very good, they have an excellent lead change. I'm at a plus one and a half. You know, that's an excellent maneuver. So you talk your way through each of the components of the that make up a maneuver and it takes you to that score. And then you go on to the next maneuver. You don't worry about that. You leave that one behind and think about the next. And you said how many different tests are there? Uh, 16. 16. And that's for mm-hmm. all levels or there's like four mm-hmm. for each level or what? That no, work? that's for all levels. Okay. And then we have an A and B pattern for uh para reigning and the short stirrup that are, you know, modified, um, more simplified patterns. Is para reigning? I know para overall, we cover para extensively and we have a lot of friends that ride para. Is para reigning becoming more and more popular now? It it is. It it really is. And and actually we're um we're having para reigning at the Derby this year. In oh, um, Oklahoma City, because mm-hmm. that wasn't that yeah. wasn't that hasn't gone on forever. If I remember right, that's something that started in the recent past. Um, it has, yeah, mm-hmm. like it was a spinoff of the dressage, you know, and and the most you know most paras riding dressage. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, I think that's great. That's perfect. I love that. Yes, yeah. So it it really it really is. We have at NRHA. There's something for every level of rider. We have the short stirrup for the kiddos and the, the para reining, and we have green rainer, and we have all the different levels in the non-pro and the different levels in the open. And there's uh, some place for every horse and every rider. Paras don't do the spin, do they? Because that would be interesting with how some are attached to the saddle. Yeah, they do a, a they modified. Do. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, because I can see yeah. that being dangerous. Yeah, yeah. no, they, they do. They, they do three spins. 
Cool. In the the one pattern. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, I'm glad and, that's happening. I'm excited that it's becoming more popular too. Uh, it is. It's just, it's great. And then the other uh, pair of pattern, they do two spins. So one pattern has two and one has three. Gotcha. Patty, I so appreciate you being on the show today and explaining this because I think it's, it's um, like you said, revolutionary and it's helped other Western disciplines and their scoring systems too. So thank you for that. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we close? Well, I just appreciate the opportunity to serve the NRHA membership and serve the, the, the horses that are great athletes. And, you know, we're in a service industry and it's, it's an awesome to get an opportunity to work with Christy and all the staff here at NRHA. It's just, it's been, it's a great, it's been a great journey and looking forward to many more years of it. Okay. So I have another question for you. Does the, Mm -hmm. um, before, before I let you go, does the NRHA have stewards at shows like they do, and that's that is part of my department. I oversee professionals, um, stewards, and judges. So, and the stewards have the same kind of authority that they would at a dressage show or a, a jumping or event. Yes, they're over. They're there to oversee the welfare of the the whole entire event, right. whether it be you know horses, dogs, people. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 We I always call them the safety police. You know, they're kind of like the safety police. They are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. We have 64 stewards um, worldwide. That's a job I wouldn't want, <laughs> to be honest. It's, it is a tough job. It really somebody, Nobody likes you at some point during the day. You're, you're not well, liked at some point. Like, Our best stewards have very good people skills. I bet. <laughs> yes. First requirement. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm not absolutely. sure I would have the patience for to be a steward. I think well, I just it, get fed up. You know, it takes a special kind. I will tell you, our stewards are just one in a million. They re- they really do an outstanding job, and and they stay they stay energized the whole time. And and my hats off to them too because that know, is a hard job. You know, Christy's very nice and sweet, but Christy also doesn't put up with crap. I don't know nope. if she'd be a good steward either, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't put up with any nonsense. That's funny you mentioned that. that. It's um, <laughs> you're able to say. Yeah, take a hike with a smile, right? Yes. I mean, you have to be able to be, yeah. I was a right. steward uh, for a couple of IEA shows, which is Interscholastic Equestrian Association for like fourth to twelfth grade, and I was the risk management safety police. Oh, um, for okay, high what schoolers. About the fit? What yeah. about the girth tightening? Why are you mounting and dismounting in that unsafe way in the paddock? You know all those things. Yes, oh my <laughs> they fired her. <laughs> That's funny. I, they did not. They just they. They'll have me come back again. I actually, unlike you, Glenn, I don't mind being a steward. I'd be stressed out being a scribe because I'm not good at math. Yeah, well. And I would wander, my brain would wander, and I'd write the wrong plus or minus down. And then I would not want to be a judge. I think that's a tremendous responsibility. So it's great how we all have our place, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there was an advantage to being the class clown in high school. Look at my job now. So. You see, all those experiences. Yeah, we all end up where we're supposed to. <laughs> I see, it's 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 a full circle. <laughs> thank, you. thank you, Patty. We appreciate you joining thank, us. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Christy. A word was mentioned, and I just wanted to clarify because I wasn't quite sure. It's a general. So, and you're going to hear that today. Absolutely. So it's a period general. 
And what that basically means, it's the mission statement for everything reigning in regards to why the sport exists and how the sport is judged. So just to read a little bit from it so that people understand even where our name comes from, right? National Reining Horse Association. To rein a horse is not only to guide him, but also to control his every movement. The best reined horse should be willingly guided or controlled with little or no apparent resistance and dictated to completely. Any movement on his own must be considered a lack of control. Ah, okay. So it is kind of like a mission statement. It is. And it's, um, you know, that's, I think that's why in reining you always see, which you should with any leverage bit, right? But you see the long loopy reins and that that horse is 100% being guided by the seat and the legs and not the reins. Why do you see sometimes in freestyle reining people can go bridleless? Right. I mean, that's right. The Again, that's completely willing to be guided um, without even a bit in their mouth. So that is truly, A General is truly the mission statement kind of for everything reining in regards to the sport and how it's judged. Well, next up, we are going to continue the conversation on judging, but we're going to a foreign country. We're going to Spain. We are. This is Eugenio Latore, and Eugenio is a professional trainer, and he also has um, judges cards with NRHA, AQHA, and the Rain Cows. He has more than 20 years of experience. He has judged our NRHA Futurity 13 times, which is the biggest and most prestigious reigning competition in the world. He is always present at all the large European reigning shows, such as our Derby and our Futurity. He is an educator and gives clinics and seminars world wide. He also is a multiple futurity derby and maturity winner himself, not only in reining, but also in the cow horse and cutting disciplines. Eugenio is currently the president of NRHA Spain. Eugenio, thank you so much for being on the show today. It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So tell us a little bit more about where exactly in Spain you're located. Um, I'm not very far away from uh, Barcelona, so it'll be northeast uh, of Spain. And uh, I'm just like maybe 30 miles uh, north. Um, I'm very close to the seaside, so it'll be just uh, 10 miles. So that kind of makes it even better and nicer. And um, it's uh, very, very close also to France. I mean, it's only maybe 70 miles uh, to the border. One day I'm going to have to come for a visit. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a nice village, not very crowded uh, where I live in. Uh, We got our facilities uh, uh, here uh, close to the village and uh, it's been uh, been, uh, great. Yeah. Well, I heard that you just got back from a judge school and that you do judge schools for us all over. You've been to Israel and the one you just got back from is in South Africa. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, it was pretty exciting. I mean, I didn't get to go uh, visit around maybe next trip, but uh, it's been great because it's one of the uh, new coming uh, countries for reigning with the NRHA. And uh, it was their very first uh, uh, new applicant for judges seminar. Uh, so it's been uh, very excited, and um, we had like uh, 17 or 18 participants, uh, uh, nine of them took the test, so hopefully uh, some of them will pass, that is going to make it easier for them, uh, having somebody that can eventually judge, you know, and he's local, so for the small shows at least they don't have to contact somebody from overseas or uh, very far away and uh, will make uh, their budget uh, a bit uh, more reasonable. 
They have yeah. some challenges in South Africa because of the rules around shipping horses with disease and everything. So is it pretty much localized? Do they ever travel, or do if they do travel, do they live overseas? Uh, it's uh, very hard for them to ship horses. I understood that. Uh, it's very expensive. Uh, they're trying to raise more horses uh, there uh, at the moment. They are also importing, of course. I don't know as far as paperwork. For sure, they need a lot of paperwork and documentation as far as moving horses and uh, around. But they, they do have shows uh, uh, throughout the country. Uh, um, uh, for what I understand is um, they have... Uh, uh, two sh- groups of shows, uh, one closer to Johannesburg and one closer to uh, Cape Town. And uh, let's say that uh, it's been very interesting. The people are really excited about raining and uh, that's going to really uh, grow, I believe. Yeah. Are they using all quarter horses or they, they have their own breed there? No, no. At least what I saw since I judged one smaller show on the, on the, on the first day before when I arrived, uh, they mainly use quarter horses. Yeah. Got it. Okay, Kirsty. And then, Eugenia, what other countries um, do you feel are up and coming and reigning? Well, uh, there is countries that uh, maybe they don't have big numbers yet, but... Uh, they have people really involved. They, they, they're uh, investing a lot. Uh, I believe uh, Israel is one of them. Um, they are far away, you know, from the rest of the other countries that uh, show raining. So it's not, for sure it's not easy for these countries. Japan. Um, then, of course, there is some uh, smaller states uh, in, uh, in Europe where um, now it's growing faster. Spain is one example where I'm at. Uh, we didn't have an RHA until five years ago. So when I got over, uh, we started it. So that's, uh, it's been increasing the numbers of uh, participants and shows. So that's good. Yeah. Well, I love that you're not only the president of the NRHA there in Spain, but you're also our current chair of the judging committee. And we are so thrilled to have you in that capacity. Could you tell us a little bit more about what chairing that committee is all about? Yeah, well, to tell you the truth, first of all, it's a great honor to be chairman uh, of the committee. I've been uh, serving on the committee for many years, and this is the first time I've, I've, had, uh, I've been asked to be chair from uh, this year. And um, it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of work. Uh, uh, working with uh, Patty makes it easier for me being uh, from overseas, you know, being out of the States. So it's uh, for sure having somebody like Patty Carter uh, uh, helps uh, coordinate the work. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a position that carries important responsibilities, for, of course, uh, for the growth of the judges program and for the education. Well, we and, so appreciate you doing it because obviously it's voluntary, too. So that's wonderful that you want to commit of your time like this and do this for the sport. Wait a minute. Somebody in the horse world doesn't make millions of dollars doing their job. I don't believe it. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we're, that's us. That's us of the community. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you do different. Yes. Sorry. I was just going to say, what do you like best about the scoring system as a whole with NRHA and how it all works? What What do you feel are the highlights of that? You know, uh, I believe the scoring system uh, it's uh, it's great for, uh, for for in our industry. 
Um, I believe the scorecard itself, how current still is, uh, and it's a great instrument to transmit uh, the competitors what the judge saw in each maneuver and in uh, in the full run. So I think it reflects really the the decisions of the judge. And then uh, we have, of course, other tools that uh, that the judges use uh, uses for uh, for making the decisions. And we have to also consider that the judge makes a lot of decisions because each maneuver will uh, bring into play uh, at least five decisions. And that means at the end of the round with seven, eight maneuvers, we have a total of a lot of them. <laughs> and that's just one round. But anyway, I think eight general is uh, one of our tools as judges and is uh, the best description of a reigning horse should be like and his performances. Uh, then we have the maneuver descriptions, which uh, describe what the correct maneuver w- should be. And, uh, and then uh, I would also mention maybe the hierarchy of concerns, which means that the judges to, to know first that the horse is on pattern, then is executing the maneuver correctly, and then uh, the degree of difficulty they, that makes it more exciting for a public, uh, for an audience, and for the judge themselves uh, to see. That's wonderful news. I think that the judging system is so, um, we were talking about it earlier, revolutionary in regards to now other disciplines and especially within the Western world using it. And I'm just so glad that you are, I believe, our current president, Mark Blake, who was on our inaugural show last month, mentioned that you are our very first international chairman. So of a committee as well. Is is, is that true? Yeah, that, that is true. And like I said earlier, I think it's, um, it's not very easy from, uh, from here, from Europe, to follow. Also, with the time change, um, uh, everything that goes on. But luckily, we have a very good, uh, um, very good connection with the rest of the office and the rest of the committee. And uh, also with our senior director uh, of uh, judges and uh, officials and, uh, and, and students, which is Patty. Yeah. But I so appreciate you being on today and sharing this. I know for you, it's the evening time. So thank you for taking time out of your evening to be on. Is there anything else, Eugenio, that you would like to add for the show today? You know, uh, I, I don't know if this can, might get into too, too much in, uh, technical, but I think uh, I really believe uh, we are going uh, the right direction uh, for our sport as a judges program, as a judges committee, and what we're doing in these last uh, years. Um, I believe uh, that we need time to improve some aspects uh, that are critical to the judges program, of course. Um, with that said, the most important is that uh, we have to always remember that the judges are on the rider's side. I, I really like to say that just because uh, sometimes riders think that uh, we are the enemy. We're not. We hope that everyone that walks in that pen or loops in that pen, whatever they have to do, what their parent tells them to do, uh, we really want them to score a 75 or 76. Then, of course, you know, we are uh, forced and we are dictated to use our... Uh, our rules and our rule book, but uh, we are on the writer's side. So I would like to say that for sure. I love that you mentioned that because it's very intimidating, right, to be judged. And it's a little scary. And it is nice to know that judges are on the writer's side. And I think that that is something that sometimes competitors, especially new competitors, right, to the show pen can get a little bit out 
in in their head too much, right? So I, I I love that you you brought that up. That's a great way to put it. So can I can I ask you guys logistically on in the lower levels? Obviously, it's one judge, but then there are more judges as the higher levels get. So you might have two or three judges, or is it always just one judge? No, we have different uh, type of shows uh, that we. Um, uh, name them with the letter. Basically, we have uh, uh, D shows, C shows, B shows, double B, A, and double A, which are basically shows uh, that have a certain uh, amount of uh, money added and prices added. That and with that uh, corresponds a number of judges. Basically, the the smaller shows will have. Uh, maybe just one judge, and as much money as is added to the whole show, we'll have more judges. So to the point that we have up to five judges, and what, what they'll do in, uh, in those situations with the five judges system, which is the system where, that works the best, uh, they will drop uh, down the higher and the lower score, and they'll keep the three scores in the middle. Okay, I can't let them go unless I ask this question because I'll get I'll get hate from the listeners if I don't. So you're in Spain, the home of the Andalusian, right? Are they using yes. Andalusians for raining? Um, not really. <laughs> they, in some places, they use them for schools, but not for. Uh, yeah, I didn't. You know. I I knew the answer to that, but I I could yeah. picture it though. It'd be very pretty. It would be. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it would be looking a little bit like uh, what the South American horse, the Criollo, looked like many years ago. I mean, the origin is that. So, is it all? Uh, so, regions. is it all quarter horses in Spain? In the reigning uh, shows that we organize, most of them are. Okay. We have some paints and Appaloosas, but uh, most of them are uh, quarter horses. And are they breeding or importing or? Both. Both. both? Okay. Both. Yeah, I'm so yeah. used to the English disciplines where we import, you know, obviously it's been importing everything from Europe and it goes the opposite in raining, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Eugenio, so much for being on today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully uh, it'll, be, it'll be a success this year for everybody. And uh, I hope uh, the raining uh, will grow everywhere around the world like it is right now. So next up, we have Gary Carpenter, and Gary Carpenter is the commissioner of the National Reining Horse Association. He has had executive positions with the American Association of Equine Practitioners, the Jockey Club, which is, of course, the thoroughbred industry, the American Quarter Horse Association, and also Colorado State University, where my son is currently attending, so that's fun. And Gary is, of course, Sarah's and my boss. So be nice to me, <laughs> okay. Glenn. All right, I'll try. And you know what? He's done a lot of varied stuff. He has. He has been, I always tease him, kind of the CEO, executive director, commissioner of all things equine. Yeah. And his, English his Western, journey has been good. Racing. I mean, he's got a little bit of everything in there. He sure does. And actually, one thing that I forgot to put on his bio, because there's so many things, I met him way back in the day when he worked for the Arabian Horse Trust, so he has Arabians in his background, too. <laughs> he's he's the all-horse guy. That's well, right. Let's talk to Gary. So, Gary, what do you think you are most excited about in regards to the sport of reigning now and in the immediate future? Christy, things are going so well right now, I could go on and on. Uh, so I'll try and identify a few things. One is, and anyone that has a, owns a television set knows about the impact of Taylor Sheridan, Yellowstone, that whole phenomenon, which has 
created a tsunami for the sport of reigning because in addition to what he's done on Paramount, uh, he was a brainchild behind the run for a million, which happens in Las Vegas each August. The event uh, has only been held four times, uh, would have been held five, but for the COVID year, even though it is so young, it is such a fixture in our sport already and drawing so many fans and so much attention. So that's, that's huge. Uh, Teton Ridge, our friends, uh, with that group headed by Thomas Toll stays the first American performance horseman in Arlington, Texas at Globe Life Field in March of this year. Brought together the top five cow horse cutters and reiners uh, for that competition. And anyone that was there among the 22,000 people can tell you that it was colossal. It was beyond anything we've ever seen in terms of the stage, the excitement, the size of the crowd, the camaraderie of the competitors, the excellence of the horses. Uh, so there's just there's so much going on. Uh, and at another level, at the uh, state and regional and local level, uh, horse shows are bigger, which means more people are enjoying the sport of reigning and having fun with it. So uh, that's a that's that's all good. And so the future from that is that more people want horses, more people want to ride, they want to take lessons, they want to learn about this sport. And they want to participate. Uh, the other thing that's that's always exciting to me uh, here at NRHA is our international involvement. I'll be leaving in oh, about uh, two weeks for our NRHA European fraternity, which is in Cremona, Italy, an event for four-year-olds that we hold each year. We hold uh, two events, our fraternity and our derby in Europe. And it's just, it's so fun to see the excitement of the crowds, of the riders, of everyone at those events, because they're just exuberant about our sport. That makes it, uh, it makes it even more fun. I agree. I felt so lucky to be, what, just July since I've been a part of this, and it has just been energetic from the get-go. There is not a dull moment at all. We are just full steam ahead on so many things, and we just got off uh, today on a podcast where we had 26 NRHA professionals on kind of a mental mindset training that um, a sponsor of ours did. And it was fantastic. And they were literally calling at one in the morning, Australia time to be a part of it because it was a not recorded session. I mean, from all over. So I think all of those pieces that you mentioned, Gary, are wow. so exciting. And it's what's giving us the energy. They are. They are. That is exciting. And uh, you, you may have told Glenn, uh, that I'm transitioning, I'm uh, leaving NRHA at the end of this calendar year. And the thing I'm most excited about and at the same time going to miss the most is our staff. We have an incredible staff, including Christy here at NRHA. I'm glad and I'm, he included you. That, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nice of him? <laughs> He's sometimes nice to me like that. So, uh, <laughs> on, on occasion. On occasion. <laughs> 
but you know, I've only known Christy what thirty years now for crying out loud. <laughs> oh my goodness, I know. Scary. It seems yeah. like we've all known Christy for thirty years. Great, and, she, and yet she's only thirty years I know, old. I, don't, I know. That's she's a part. So young. I don't We're old. She stays young. I don't know how that works. She does. She does. <laughs> anyway, so bright future on on all fronts. Well, Gary, we were just um, chatting about this, you know, on the last show, too, about how there's probably a lot of listeners that are brand new to the sport of raining and they don't necessarily know a ton about it. So if you were chatting with somebody brand new to the sport, what would you share with them about raining? Well, I, I get asked that question a lot because although we think we're well established and we're global and those sorts of things, which we are. I mean, that's all true, but there's a lot of people that have never been really been exposed to raining. And what I usually use with them is the figure skating analogy that we have circles and spins and slides, except it's a Western event on horseback. That's for the brand new ones. For the ones that have been had more exposure to a horse, I'll, I might say something like, okay, so everyone drives a car, but this is the difference between driving your dad's Oldsmobile and driving a Maserati, uh, where your heart will be in your throat and you have to be on your toes every second. Because it is, uh, it's an exciting sport, but it's also demanding. It requires complete concentration from the rider because these horses are honed to such a fine edge uh, that they can they can turn out from under you in a heartbeat and that's not what you want that's not a credit earning maneuver you want to stay <laughs> centered you want to maintain your comp your concentration uh, as you go through the pattern and the maneuvers Yes, and we're going to be um, jumping into more of that today in regards to the judging. So I'm really glad you brought that up because I know that that changed, you know, over time for NRHA. And I think it was an amazing moment when we went from scoring the entire run to just scoring the individual maneuvers. That was a huge change and I think very beneficial. I, I think that was a watershed moment. And the fact that almost every Western discipline has adopted pieces of that uh, tells you a lot about it. It also tells you, and Patty may quote um, a general, which is our first rule. Uh, and that absolutely defines reigning and it really kind of spoke it into existence. And so it's, it's been, and I've followed reigning for a long time. It's fascinating to see how as the horses get better, as the training gets better, as the footing gets better, uh, it's so much more demanding and competitive, and yet we seem to keep finding another level. We haven't topped out yet. Well, Gary, as I mentioned in your bio, and one of the reasons why you have been so important in my life is because you have been involved in all breed, all discipline, very much so from the get-go of your career. And now that you are going to be going off into the sunset, even though you're really not because you're going to be now part of a hotel, um, I would love for if you're okay sharing this a little bit, tell us a little bit about the history of what your next adventure is going to be. Well, um, 
what's what's the uh, what's the adage? Uh, if you got a choice between smart and lucky, take lucky. <laughs> and uh, I don't know that we're smart or lucky on this either of these. This uh, this horse this hotel, which is the historic Wortley Hotel in Lincoln, New Mexico, was first built in 1872. And it's across the street from the jail, one of the many jails that Billy the Kid broke out of. And so it's in the town of Lincoln, which is a national, well, it's a state historic district in New Mexico. We have no, we have one street light. I'm sorry. We have one uh, overhead light. We have no stoplights in Lincoln, 183 people, a bar that's open part of the time, a coffee shop that's open part of the time. And it's very authentic because almost all the buildings, including ours, are adobe. And it certainly harkens back to the days of the Old West. We're 10 miles from Fort Stanton, which is one of the many forts that the federal government put in to protect uh, settlers from raids by the natives. And it's still there. It's not. uh, And there's great horseback riding all around that fort and all through the Capsan Mountains. So it's it's a unique spot and you pretty much don't find it unless you're absolutely looking for it. But I encourage you to come visit us. Is it a boutique hotel? Is it a lot of rooms? We have uh, no, we have five rooms. Oh, it's a tiny hotel. It's a tiny hotel. We have five <laughs> rooms and we serve breakfast. And uh, a lot of people just like to walk up and down the streets, read the signs, check out the history. And you can, in 10 feet, you can have 17 different conversations about Billy the Kid. Was he a scallywag? Was he a hero? Um, you know, what was he? Uh, so it's a it's a pretty fascinating place. And then just right up the road, less than uh, five miles, is the site where Smokey Bear was found with his little burned paws back in the 1960s. And uh, he's what launched the Only You Can Prevent Forest Fire fires campaign. So let me get this right. You're leaving uh, the commissioner of an organization of tens of thousands to go run a hotel that's five rooms? Well, and I might add uh, an association that's on fire. Um, (laughs) So you you know what? That sounds relaxing to me, though, Gary. Well, it, you know, we'll see how it goes. I would, I'd like, I haven't bought a horse, new horse this spring. I'd like to ride him once in a while. I probably will do some consulting and I I know I'll enjoy whatever I do. I think it sounds wonderful. I think it sounds perfect, actually. Yeah. Well, good luck. I can't wait to go stay there. Okay. Well, come on. We have a spot for you. All right. Good. Well, thanks, Gary. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Thanks, Christy. Adios. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, now we have another place to go. Not only are we going to go going to Spain on the NRHA's budget, but we can go to South Africa, and then we can come back to New Mexico and stay at Gary's little place there. I think we should go to Lincoln. I think we want to find out more about Billy the Kid. You know what? I What he's doing in his retirement is is what my wife and I had talked about. It just sounds like, like it's perfect. And five rooms is just enough, right? Yes, because any more would be a little bit over the top. It'd be a hassle, right? And then you have too many people, and you have to deal with too many people. This is perfect. I love what he's doing. I think it's great.
And it's going to be quite a switch from the responsibilities he's had in the past. It is. So for some people, they probably think retirement equals sitting on a beach somewhere. But for Gary, it's still work. But in comparison to what he's done in his career, this is, like you said, a lot lighter. Yeah, a lot lighter. He has to make a lot of eggs, though. He's going to be making a lot of eggs at that uh, B&B's guy there. I think it's great. That's true. (laughs) And you know what? He has such a reputation. Just with people he knows, he's going to fill the place up all year. I think you're right about that because we got to go. Yeah. So there you go. We have to go. I've never been to New Mexico. What? Never ever? I know. That's one of the states I've missed. Well, we're going to have to go in October when they do the balloon festival. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Apparently, you have to reserve that at like 10 years in advance. It's like so busy. Well, we know people now, Glenn. Oh, that's true. We do. The Albuquerque <laughs> Balloon Festival. I, I'd love to do that. You can camp right there and spend the whole week there. That would be so much fun. It'd be awesome. Yep. Have you ever done a balloon ride? You know, I have done a balloon ride. I actually won one in a silent auction, and the boys and John and I got to go up, and it yeah. was intense. I'll tell you, we enjoyed it very much. But were you, like, scared to death on the way up, or...? You know, we went out over a lake, and I think our balloonist did it on purpose to make a shriek come out of me because I did a shriek. We almost hit the fence, and we oh, almost no. hit the water, and I went, ah, and he laughed. I go, do you do that to all your people that ride in your balloon? And he goes, I might, and he giggled at me. I hear after you get up there, though, it's so quiet and just lovely. Peaceful. Yeah. How's the landing? A little rough, not going to lie. <laughs> Engage your core. <laughs> We've had, we used to have them land when we lived in Pennsylvania. We had a hundred acre farm, and they used to take off. And we, for some reason, were near where they landed. So we've had them land, uh, you know, near our property before. And it always looks like they have a pretty rough landing at times. They bounce. Yeah. They don't just settle off. And then like they a fall helicopter. down sometimes. They fall over. You've got to hold yeah. on. Oh, he even said he goes, "Do not lock your knees. Engage your core and hold on tight." And we went <laughs> bam, 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 and we bounced like four or five times in this stubble field, and then we finally came to a stop. How are the kids? How old were they at the time? Oh, teenagers. So they yeah. thought it was great. It was like, you know, fun, fun, fun. They thought it was super. It was the best roller coaster ever. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And it was like legit a moment of who we might actually fall out. <laughs> I haven't talked to you about your son being at college. What's he studying? Yes. Yeah, so he is studying, and I think this is so cool. He's studying tourism at Colorado State. Yes, yeah. natural natural resource environmental tourism, and we're going to go to Costa Rica in July, and that's one of the best countries for that. Oh, so yeah. really looking forward to it, and I think already has a teacher asking for him to write a paper on it, so it's going to be good. I think that's a great career choice, you know, being obviously being somewhat in that world for a period of time. I think it's a great choice. I think he'll enjoy it a lot. He loves, um, oh, people. He loves, like, he's been a lifeguard, as you know, at our big water park here. He's been a ice skating rink coordinator guy and, you know, tell, helping people that fall on the ice. So he likes the public. I think he'll enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say he'll have his own podcast someday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell us where people can learn more about the NRHA. Yes, please. So anyone listening, whether you want to become involved in reining, you can come to our website and find a professional near you. Um, Obviously, you can find a horse show to come watch you near you, or you can become an NRHA fan or all the above. And that is NRHA and then .com for most things. But go ahead and go to NRHA forward slash fan to really find out more about how to be a part of it all. And just know that um, it is truly... A, a website that's very interactive. So dive on there and look all around. 
And I'll remind you, you can find all the episodes of the NRHA here at Horses in the Morning. Go to horsesinthemorning.com, scroll down to the middle of the page, and click on the reigning banner, and that'll bring you to all the episodes. Thank you so much for enjoying us, or joining us tomorrow. Jamie and I will be back with some really bad ads. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks, Christy. Thanks, Glenn. Now, everyone, go out and enjoy the slide of your life. <laughs>